It's Thursday, the 20th of May. Welcome to our afternoon sport deep dive. Tim Gilbert here, and I'm joined by Shane Lee. Shane, look, there's going to be some bust-ups in cricket, aren't they, over this Bancroft thing? This story won't go away, and there must be just the odd niggle go on all the time, isn't there, in cricket? Because you you play for so long, you tour for so long. Yeah, you do, mate. Particularly tours to the subcontinent where you're away from, from home for three months, and... Um, you know, the one that still comes to memory was the, the Cadditch Clark uh, blow up in the change room where Cadditch the mad Serbian <laughs> grabbed Clark by the, by the scruff of the neck and uh, told him what he thought of him. Uh, unfortunately, Clark was the captain and Cadditch never played after that. So maybe not always the best thing to do. And um, I'm pretty sure Bancroft is going to go in the same direction here. Won't play again. Yeah. It's going to be tough for him. Today on the show, we have rugby league legend Brian Fletcher and so much tennis news about Jaslyn Hewitt's here. Well, Shane Collingwood, it's an absolute mess. Eddie Maguire, we had all the drama earlier in the year. Now this board and everything to do with it, forget about what's happening on the field. Yeah, forget what's happening on the field, mate. But um, look, Eddie's come out and said, I have nothing to do with this, but he seems to be commenting on on every little bit of part of it. Um, yeah, Jeff Brown potentially coming in to take over um, from the newly appointed CEO, Corda. Um, yeah, this is not going to go away, and you know, it comes down to the, another newly appointed um, board member that she couldn't vote because she wasn't a fully-fledged member of Collingwood for 24 months, so that makes her in, ineligible to, to vote at a board meeting. It's just issue after issue at Collingwood at the moment, and the big one they're going to be voting on soon is will the coach stay on, so... What's your space, Timmy? Yeah, and it does look like Eddie just, you know, wants to be involved, uh, uh, whether it's uh, quite publicly or in the background. So, yeah, it's it's a huge story at Collingwood. Now, the cricket, like something to really look forward to. They're saying that Melbourne will get back to 100% capacity. That would mean a Boxing Day test match with a, a full house. Wouldn't that be wonderful for the Ashes with the uh, schedule announced yesterday? The SCG New Year's test will be there. And a little bit of a, a change up with Perth having the last test of the summer. Yeah, last test of the summer which is a really interesting one it's obviously it's a it's a ground that definitely gets results in australia so wouldn't that be great if we're going into the last test and it's two all and we beat the poms over there but yeah i'm really really looking forward to this series it's going to be a series like one we haven't had in a long time mate so it should be a cracker timmy yeah it'd be great if some english supporters were able to travel but uh, we'll have to watch that space with interest someone that has been traveling he's just been in the magic round brian fletcher from fox sports is going to join us next on afternoon sport How good is it to have a multimedia mega star from Fox Footy and SEN everywhere else? Brian Fletcher, how are you, my friend? Timmy, long time no speak. I'm going good. How are you? Yeah, great, great. It's good to chat. Uh, first up, uh, did you ever think that yourself and your New South Wales origin teammate Nathan Hindmarsh would ever turn into the dynamic duo that you are today? Uh, it's uh, it's got the Oscar, the Felix. It's got everything about it. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I didn't. Definitely didn't see it coming. I, I, saw, I actually ran into Gus, the great Gus Gould, in the uh, foyer up in Brisbane last week at the hotel, and he said to me, "He goes, I've never met anyone who gets paid just to do get paid for doing stuff you do for free anyway." So he said to me, um, "He goes, mate, you were doing that thirty years ago." And now they're paying you. And I just said, mate, Gus, please don't, please don't uh, tell anyone because 
I don't want this uh, gig to, to ever let up. <laughs> oh, no, it's flying along. But that's, that's true, isn't it? You've always been the court jester, whether it was the Roosters, the Origin side, the Test team, touring. Yeah, I, I, I like a good time. I, I think I've worked it out. I just can't concentrate. So my mind must just go – My mind, I get bored quite easily. And so I just need something to get me going through it. So, and then I just come up with some weird stuff and then Heidi just jumps on the back of it and, um, yeah, off we go. How do you define Heidi? Uh, how do I define Heidi? Uh, he's like that loyal puppy dog everyone needs. That Labrador. He's a Labrador. He's a, well, no, he's a cattle dog because he just does all the, hard, the heavy lifting. <laughs> And it just works. It just absolutely works. What about on the home front? Because you you were surrounded by girls. Uh, do you go down the pecking order on the home front? Yes, yeah, I just did that then. I was so, I'm sorry I was late because I had to drop. We had netball and then we had school and then we had athletics. Um, yeah, I, I don't get a say. So I'm outnumbered four to one, including Britt, my uh, wonderful wife. But um, yeah, they have no interest in rugby league. So I have to go into the back to like one of those we got one of those old TVs, like a rank arena, so that's where I have to go watch the footy because it's otherwise I don't get to see any games. The old rank arena. Mate, uh, what, what did you think of Magic Round? Yeah, I thought it was really good. I, I thought, um, uh, obviously, there was the issues with the uh, with the high tackles and the suspensions and the send-offs. Well, the send-offs, I've got no problem. They're, they're send-offs. Um, the only issue I had is, is, is maybe they just overreacted a little bit. There, there was some where... It was a blanket rule where if you hit someone in the head high or they run into you and hit their head high, it was off for 10 minutes. And the one I'm talking about was probably Tedesco and Lockwood Burr, where I just thought that, that poor Lockwood Burr, he couldn't get out of the way. And he, you could tell you could tell he was trying hard not to – like he was sort of catching uh, Teddy and was trying to hold him up and Teddy sort of fell into him. So, um, But I, I think they'll get it right and the players will adapt, no doubt. And um, – Look, in a month's time, we won't be talking about it. It, it is the way the NRL goes, though, sometimes. Remember that play the ball? Uh, uh, they wanted to clean the play the ball, and Steve Clark blew about 50 penalties. It's like when something comes in, it just goes over the top. Yeah, and, and that was – but, I mean, it's, they've made a statement now. So, um, yeah, I, I, did, I, I think we'll be fine. I, like, it's something to talk about. But other than that, I thought it was really good. Like, the vibe up there at Brisbane was awesome. The, yeah. The fans, like, you know, I hate to say it, but – they are a rugby league, um, just that's the heartland. You know, we talk about out the West here um, for Sydney, but up there, just Brisbane, they just love their rugby league. Like, I've never seen so many 50-year-old men in NRL shirts, like NRL jumpers. They just love it. Yeah, and you see it around origin time. As much as we don't want them to win, they walk the streets, don't they? They walk the Queen Street Mall. And Katie Brown actually flooded the idea here the other day on Afternoon Sport that a New Zealand magic round would be amazing. And when you think of COVID, wouldn't that be sensational if they could somehow manage that next year? Oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, it'll be hard to take it away from Brisbane because I know Brisbane love it. And uh, they were telling us that we spoke to some politician or some councillor. He said $20 million has jumped into the uh, – f- for – into the uh, – Economy from from that weekend. So any any um, any state or any city would love to have that because, and it was good because no one had been away for twelve months. You know, obviously all the drama we had last year. So people were up there. there were, pubs were full. Casino was full. Um, restaurants you couldn't get in anywhere. The restaurants. So uh, Brisbane um, won't want to to let Magic Round go. But yeah, New Zealand would be perfect. I'd like to go to New Zealand. 
Yeah, it wouldn't that be good? The kebab shops would have been full at two o'clock in the morning. Did you have one with all sauces down there uh, while you were in Brisbane? No, I tell you what, I did do. I went to one of those late Chinese joints. But remember the old barbecue king? Oh yeah, in uh, Goulburn Street. Yeah, so there was an old school Chinese that, that we managed to find and. Yeah, that, that would have been brilliant. Now we're trying we're, we're trying to build the undercard for the next Paul Gallon fight. We've got we've got Koshi and Eddie Maguire, Michael Slater and Scomo. What what was this story kicking about? Now I've heard a few stories in and around you and Russell Crowe. What was that story kicking about the other day that um, there was some kind of street punch up? Is is there any truth to that? No, no punch up, no street punch up. We're just playing footy in the back of his. Uh we were uh, at the hotel down at the W Hotel where Russell still lives upstairs. No, no punch up. Me and Russell are tight. We were just tackling each other. I just went a bit. I just went a bit overboard. That's just give me a quick version of it. Quick version of it. I just chose to come in a little bit more theatrically than uh, than than what did happen. But just tell us what happened. You've heard it, Tim. You've heard it numerous times. I oh, know, but our audience has. <laughs> no, it was just we just got because uh, we hadn't won a game, so. It was just we were struggling. We hadn't won a game for nine rounds. It was like round nine, hadn't won a game. And we'd been close. We, we, that was the time Gordon stripped the ball out. The game was over when we played the Broncos. And we got run to the sticks and Gordon stripped the ball with three seconds to go and they, they got the cash. Um, and so that sort of demoralised us. And Russell said, let's go for a beer. So we went for a beer, had a nice meal. And then things just got carried away. And... Yeah, it was on. Anyway, it worked because we came out and pumped Melbourne the next on on that Saturday. This was a midweek drink, and we come out and we give we put forty on Melbourne, and then that was the last win we had all year. Because you did tackle him, didn't he? He said, "Run at me, Brian. Run at me." No, it was the other way around. It was just no. We were playing footy, and it was just muck around. Well, I thought it was muck around, and then he just went a little bit harder than I thought, and I'd had a few sherbets, and one thing led to another, and there was a wall there that. I accidentally put him through. <laughs> Basically, in a nutshell. In a nutshell. But you know how, like the, the real story uh, that I love telling, it's it's in a closed environment and I really, it goes for about 20 minutes. Yeah, I know. And so, so, next, so next time you see Brian Fletcher on the bill, go along because you'll see the full story because there's a moment there where he thought he killed the gladiator. Obviously, he didn't. They are very close and they're good friends. But um, it's a fantastic story. Well, mate, look, every time I see you, I, uh, I applaud your success. I'm so happy that you, you're flying along. You're, you're one of the good guys, very, very funny guys, and uh, the boys in this house love you as well. Good on you, Fletch. Thanks for coming on Afternoon Sport. Good on you, Timmy. Thanks, mate. Coming up on Afternoon Sport, all the tennis news with Jaslyn Hewitt. Play Sport is calling Game On for a new way to play, a free platform to explore and be inspired to connect to thousands of sport, rec and well-being activities in your community. Just go to playsport.com. Play Sport, whatever moves you. Right, there's so much tennis to talk about. Ash Barty, how's she going to be for the French Open? Our tennis expert is Jaslyn Hewitt. How are you, Jazzy? Yeah, great. How are you? Jazz, we are great. Um, now, Ash Barty retired. She's had a big campaign in the last sort of two weeks, hasn't she? Or so, three weeks. Yeah, three three or four weeks. Yes, no, it's um, a little bit disappointing at the Italian Open for Ash, especially given uh, she was actually 6-4-2-1 up in her match against uh, the upcoming uh, American Coco Golf. 
and then she actually retired. So I don't know if you actually saw any of the match with uh, Novak Djokovic and how he was uh, behaving out there with the rain coming down, but Ash mm. was out there in the same conditions. Mm. So it was it was very interesting that uh, the way that Novak was carrying on out there and had his match um uh, postponed and then he had to return later and he was actually down against Sitapas and uh, was able to then have the match stopped and turn it around. But Ash uh, decided she was supposed to keep playing in the rain and then she ended up, um, yeah, retiring with it, with her arm. Um, it has flared up a little bit, but this, this is just how many matches she's played in those last three weeks. So 17 matches in 24 days in three different countries. Wow. So, it it's quite interesting with our players, especially when they come and have that much load. And given the uh, Italian weather at the moment, how heavy those balls were on that clay in in quite chilly conditions. I mean, we're in winter here. It's 8, 20, 22 degrees, and they're having similar conditions over there in their summer. So I know that that's when uh, some injuries flare up for our players. So hopefully uh, she'll be right. She's got another a week or so until she starts her French Open or Roland Garros campaign. So she's got the matches under her belt. She knows she's playing well. Just uh, hope that arm sorts itself out. It's uh, it's not really breaking news there, Jazz, is it, that Ash Barty is a trooper and, and, and the Jokers are sort I reckon. That <laughs> pretty much sums that up. But but the Joker has come out and he said that, uh, that there is a change coming, isn't there? Yeah, I think that's last time we spoke when you looked mm. at the results from the uh, Masters 1000s. And uh, I think uh, it was interesting to, to have the oldies in the final at the uh, Italian Open last week in, in Rome. So it was great to see Nadal beat Djokovic in, yes. in a tight three setter. Uh, Nadal's 10th uh, victory there, but it, it may be one of the last times we actually see uh, those top uh, three or four uh, male players in finals against each other. So obviously uh, they're feeling the pressure or they're trying to uh, take the pressure off themselves, or at least Novak is, with uh, acknowledging where these young, young and upcoming players are. Yeah, it was a good win by Nadal, wasn't it? And to uh, lead into the French Open because there was the wobble um, in Madrid. Uh, what about him? What about his win heading into Roland Garros? And Roger Federer back playing tennis, but uh, uh, look, it wasn't a good start, was it, with that loss in Geneva? No, definitely not. So the way, um, interesting, it was a three-set match. It was against a, a, a Spaniard. Um, I I do tend to feel that this is uh, Federer's last hurrah um, playing yeah. in his home, in hometown in well in Switzerland in his home country. So it was definitely disappoints disappointing a tough three setter. Um, however, it is he, he will have another week to to continue to train. Um, I don't think we can expect too much out of him after having almost two years off now. So he does need to get those matches under his belt as as. Good as he is, uh, we can call him the goat, but yeah. um, it, it is match fitness, and this is where I think uh, where Ash is in such good form. She's got those matches under her belt. Yeah, Nadal now, so he, he'll, he'll probably go in as favourite now for 
the French Open. How many times has he won it now? It's an extraordinary amount of times. Yeah, Nadal's won 13 French Open, so he will well, definitely be looking to add to his uh, to his trophy cabinet there with his uh, 14th. Two other uh, two other guys out, Rorinka and Murray, both out with injuries as well, aren't they? Yeah, so disappointing. Stan Rorinka had surgery at the start of the year in March, and he he's typically done really well on the clay. Foot surgery, and he's, he's still going to be out. And Murray uh, tried to return last week and play doubles in Rome. They won their first round match but uh, lost in the second round and his groin is still playing up so that that sliding and pushing off on the clay surface just uh, isn't isn't doing him uh, any any favours. Uh, he definitely will try to peak for Wimbledon in the UK and uh, have have his home crowd advantage there. And and no signs of Nick Kyrgios at the moment. No no ideas of travel. Um, so our eyes are, are firmly on who are overseas. We also saw, you know, just the the, the real side of uh, isolating away from home. A couple of players are, are really struggling. Yeah, it's de- it's definitely uh, interesting watching their social medias and how they're reacting. Alex Dimonar posting um, about Movember and and Lifeline and getting touch. Uh, just one in five Aussies haven't seen haven't seen a good mate in over six months, and I think he's referring to all the players or all um, expats that are actually overseas at the moment and stuck overseas with COVID. So it's a different life that they're living. From footage that we've seen, John Millman's actually uh, at Alex's place over in Spain, and they're they're having a good time. So for me, it's fantastic to see that Aussie community that has always been there in the in the Davis Cup that I've kind of grew up with with late and that team environment that all those Aussie guys are sticking together so that that's fantastic to see but no it is it is tough for them yeah and, and finally Jazz um, hotel mogul Jerry Swartz has come up with a interesting idea for tennis yes I, I really liked to read about this yesterday so it was uh, very interesting we they used the floating tennis court a few years ago um, so if things do get tough and we have another flare-up or we can't get players in, it's it's looking like well we've got, we've got a uh, contact here who may be able to have a few floating tennis courts around the place uh, in Darling Harbour, provide a different tennis experience. Plus, he owns the hotel, so hotel quarantines should be actually uh, <laughs> quite easy to source. So it might it might make tennis a little bit more entertaining. But I do understand what he's going for and trying to get different experiences and uh, events uh, to. The major cities again, so so life can start to uh, promote those tourists travelling around. Yeah, absolutely. And Craig Tolley was uh, was steadfast in his response to those speculating that the Australian Open may be played offshore next year. He said, "No way in the world it will be played in Melbourne." I think that he and Tennis Australia did a remarkable job to get it done, and I can see no reason why that won't be the case. Jaslyn, have a wonderful day. Thank you. Bye. That's it for Afternoon Sport today. We'll be with you Monday to Friday every week. Follow us on your podcast app so you don't miss it. A big thank you today to Brian Fletcher and to Jaslyn Hewitt. Thank you to our sponsors, Spartan Sports. Yeah, www.spartansportshq.com. And our wonderful producer, Dan McHugh, back tomorrow afternoon with your daily dose of sport. We'll see you then, guys. Take care.